What's up, hardheads? Welcome back to the Hardcover Hooligans podcast. My name is Mac. As always, I'm here with Danilo. And Danilo, I have a question for you. Ask away. Uh, which part of this did you like better? Part, part three or part four? Of the the whole book? Yeah, yeah. I like them both for different reasons. I know that's a oh. cop-out answer. My... I don't know what it is. I like this part way more. I don't know why. The second half. Yeah. I just love these two, these three weird freaks. I think I know why now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So today we're reading book four, right? Yeah. Book book four of book two. Right. The second of... half, the, all the Frodo and Sam stuff of the two towers is what we read today. I think and at no point have has it been clear what part we're reading <laughs> because no. we always have to explain it seven times. There's three books, yeah. but it's one book, but there's <laughs> yeah. parts called books, and we're reading book four of book two. And this is a book podcast where we read and talk about books. Um, but yeah, this is The Two Towers by J.R.R. Tolkien. All that, we're going to skip all that intro stuff that we did last time. And I think we'll hop right into it. Uh, with... I know. If you need any intro to this, listen to last episode, <laughs> yeah. you fucking idiot. You fucking stupid moron. Please, no, you're not a moron. Please leave us a review. No, I don't care. I don't care about reviews. I care about Orthanc and I care about Baradur. <laughs> Those are the only two things I care about. That I think that makes you a bad guy. No, 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 no. What if I care about Minas Morgul and Minas Tirith because those could also be the two towers? I bet. I bet. They're not. Whoa, there's They're like four so towers. <laughs> um. Okay. So, Danilo, what did you think of this section? You said before we started recording. That you thought you were not going to be excited to talk about yes. this. What did that mean? I started it, and I'm like, it's going to be Sam and Smeagol and Frodo the whole time. Because <laughs> as a child, these were always my least favorite part of the movies. Really? Um, I don't know. I just didn't like it. <laughs> I <laughs> think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's part, I think part of it was the... the um, like it's not the fun part. It's just it's like true. three Gan- guys Gandalf's not in it. walking That's a around. Big part. Uh, and I think part of it was just like Gollum's gross, and Sam is like mentally rotting. No, Frodo is like mentally yeah. rotting, and Sam is like holding up. Like none of them like each other at this no. point, you know. So it's it's just kind of hard to watch. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll say something though, and uh, there's there's more of it in Return of the King, but I'll tell you. That movie really does Frodo's mental state dirty. He is not that fucked up. Like, he is way sturdier of a person. Yeah. It, it like, doesn't turn him mean. It just, like, makes him depressingly, like, tired. It doesn't... Because, like, at this point in the movie, <laughs> Frodo has told Sam to, like, fuck off. And, like, right, they're not going right. to talk to each other anymore. That doesn't, hap- that doesn't happen at all in the book. Uh, and, in fact, I think, like, if anything, it... I, I can understand why if you're if you're a- adapting it, it, it might be boring on the screen to just like they just get along the whole time. Like there's no tension. <laughs> the tension is like, oh, where are they going? So you need more than that. It works in a book, but well, and the we'll talk about this later probably. But I think the interpersonal stuff, like how that intersects with like thematic things, I think oh yeah works a lot better as a book. And I also think like the sense of like the evil of Mordor is a lot <laughs> yeah. better in the it's like cuz it's like vague but it's also not 
and in the yeah. book, like just like the atmosphere of that, I felt a lot more. It's felt more specific, and I felt a lot more keenly, I guess. But in the movie, it's just evil area, <laughs> you know. And this book actually does in in some crazy turn of events tries to humanize the uh brown bad people more than the movie does which is cr- yeah. is crazy <laughs> like the movie has that scene in it but it doesn't have sam's inner monologue it just has like sean Aston's face like huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that of course but i suppose we will start at the beginning so to to, to wrap you up um, the, wrap you up to wrap you up and tell you a nice little story. <laughs> what happened last time um, was basically Gandalf's back. Uh, Saur- Sauron is temporarily defeated, and uh, the Great Eye of Evil knows or thinks that it knows where the Ring is. Yeah. Um, we start three days after the blowing of the Horn of Gondor, um, and Sam and Frodo have taken a boat across the river and are resuming the originally intended path of the company through like the sh- the pl- it it is described it's called the MN Muel and it's like the sharpest uh, rocks of all time are all here <laughs> and it sucks <laughs> and it's impossible to navigate through um and they know right away that Gollum is is on their tail mm-hmm. i do you and, think and- oh yeah go ahead oh it's good and they sort of like vaguely know where they're going they keep talking about how like Hey, you know that dark place that feels oppressively yeah. evil? Normally, it, we wouldn't go towards it, but <laughs> yeah. now that's where we have to go, and they find that funny and amusing. <laughs> it seems like in the book, uh, more so than the movie, definitely, that Mordor is, at this point, always in sight. Like, you can, they can literally see the mountains, like, constantly yeah. are getting closer to them and keep remarking on them. I always thought it was funny how... The only thing I ever remember about the geography of Middle Earth is how there's a perfect rectangle of mountains surrounding yes, the, the evil, evil place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there like a lore reason for that, or is it like? Well, he's like Mordor is is uh, I don't know about the mountains. That's a good question, but there is a reason that he, Mordor is the evil place, like and sequestered and smaller than the rest of the world. And we'll talk about that in the like Silmarillion. Hidden, but hidden behind this very convenient mountain formation. Yeah. But the gate and all that stuff is all creations of Sauron. Sure. Evil, e- evil guys doing evil shit. Oh, um, totally. I, how cool do you think this is for like a, a, a reader who read The Hobbit to be like, oh my god, Gollum is going to be in this story? Like, <laughs> like I, I can't a imagine that feeling. Oh, and I... So... Le- uh, listener, this time round, I, I listened to most of this uh, oh. Andy Circus reading it, and hearing Andy Circus get to do all of this extra Gollum oh. stuff is in fucking credible. I would, now, in case you didn't highly know, suggest that's also the actor who plays oh, Gollum right, right, in the right, movies. Right. I don't right, know you why might, you'd be listening to that podcast and not know this, but you might know him <laughs> as Caesar uh, from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. You might be at, you might be saying, <laughs> "Why do I care about that?" <laughs> Well, that's, a gen, that's Gen Z. That's what we get to Gen Z. Remember that kids movie you watched? Like, you kids. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Who's that guy? Um, he's the monkey. Yeah, he's a monkey. And he he talks more in this than he did as a monkey. Um, So they get to the... Oh, right. They go through the Dead Marshes, which is a... a oh, oh, sorry. They meet Gollum. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. 
are you like good or bad? And Frodo's like, you need to swear on the, you need to swear. You can't swear on your life because you don't care. You don't give a shit about that. So you have to swear on something you care about that. You're not going to like kill us in our sleep. And you got to swear on the ring and get Gollum's like, what are you going to do with the ring? And Frodo's like, none of your fucking business. What we're going to do with the ring. And uh, we just need to bring it back to there. <laughs> we're going to give it like, to Okay. <laughs> yeah. So long as it's not, because uh, they know if they say that they're going to go blow up the mountain <laughs> with the ring and everything, uh, Gollum's probably going to lose his shit and try to kill them both. Doesn't Gollum also think that, like, they're going to bring it back to Sauron? Like, he keeps talking about, like, oh, I have to stop these hobbits from bringing it back to Sauron. Well, the, so he, I can he means, it. like, he doesn't want them to, like, die by orcs and then Sauron oh, gets sure. it. Um, but they, he, does, like, he doesn't know. He, he's a fucking idiot. But he's also really smart, <laughs> and he knows a big, sexy spider. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they go to the dead marshes which is a really cool part and it reminds me there's a couple points in here that remind me of the um barrow downs from which feel like forever ago in the first book the ghosts make their return again but this time they're not like malicious and they're maybe not even really there but it looks like they're like dead people holding candles like uh and and frodo sees like dead people in the water but when Mm -hmm. he reaches down they're not actually there yeah Um, because wasn't it the site of a battle yeah Yeah, it is like the first time everyone fought sauron it's not it's not the site of the big battle that isildur was at but it is the site of one of the battles yeah i think you're right the first time this is the first part time where like oh they're getting close to mordor and it's where it's like dangerous to look at stuff for too long because <laughs> yeah. they're like they're like looking at like these f- like green flames that are like the dead souls of people and Gollum's like don't look at them don't look at them they're gonna suck you in oh yeah because Frodo's just like oh he's, like, he's just like he's just <laughs> looking at it and starts wandering away <laughs> and that comes up like it's they it comes up later where they're like are looking at Mordor stuff and it just like yeah, eats at their souls are like don't look at the stuff (laughs) um they get to the black gate and it is the biggest most impenetrable gate of all time and frodo and sam get there and are like i don't really know what how we thought that was gonna go (laughs) like it's not open (laughs) yeah the chapter is literally called the black gate is closed (laughs) so uh, no fucking shit which is uh you know a bar in my neighborhood you know you go it's closed the black gate is closed damn it no one wants to work anymore <laughs> and isn't it also called moranon or oh, yeah, moranon yeah. that whole that whole mountain range um Mo- yeah the moranon it's pretty moranon. cool and and something's called gurgaroth or whatever i don't remember what that is but that's also something so they get there and frodo and sam are like they're they ha- like hang out for a while like they mm-hmm. camp out and they're like jesus christ we got to think about stuff and they see like a bunch of uh, another army of of men uh marching yeah, like, oh, it starts opening they're like ah it's opening yeah. and then but it's a bunch of scary people walk out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and and then he also sees like people coming in and they assume that they're people the Haradrim and there's some wild people there uh which are the ha- the Haradrim are like they're we we know not in the Lord of the Rings lore, like that, this is pretty much it. What we know about them—just some group of people—and they from fight the for south. Sauron. Yeah, there's like a South uh, Middle Eastern part of Middle Earth, but none of the mm-hmm. story really takes place there. Sure. Um, and and you know, for a book written by a white man in 
uh, the 50s, it is surprisingly not all the way racist. It's still a little <laughs> weird, but it's still a little like <laughs> we hunted the, the the brown people were evil and running away, and so we shot yeah. them. But, yeah. Um, but there is an interesting part in that that we'll talk about later with Sam, which I find like absolutely yeah. stunning that it's in this book uh, at all. But the, hey, that's the kind of guy J.R.R. Tolkien is. Um, I guess he could have been a horrible racist. I don't know. I'm not going to stake it. <laughs> but, uh, fuck J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> uh, so, so Gollum's like, oh, I just remembered. I know there's a big staircase right to Mount Doom. And he's like, what? How come you didn't tell us this before? And he's like, well, there's still bad guys up there, you fucking moron. <laughs> it's not as if it, it's just like a big neon sign that says free past Mordor it's, this way. Yeah, it's not a freeway. It's just <laughs> one that's not totally impossible to get through. And this is also, um, Gollum knows, this is the beginning, we learn later, Gollum's formulating of the plan that, oh, I'm just going to take them to where the big, scariest thing of all time is, the (laughs) Shelob, the spider. And then Uh, I won't be breaking my promise, because she's going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, so they, so they go, and they leave the gate, and they have to go south first, towards the pass of Kirith Ungol, and it looks nice. is this the part where... Sam just says the Oliphant poem. Um. Yes. Yes. It's in front because of the he black wants to key. see one. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, "Oh, it's closed," and a bunch of scary people walk out, and he's like, "This reminds me of a kid's poem." And then well, he no, just no, like, no. <laughs> he says, he said he asked, he's like, "Oh, did you see if they had any?" And he's like, "What?" And then he's like, "Oh, there are these things from this poem I heard," and then he recites his whole funny little poem. <laughs> uh. And and the elephant, you're reading that and you go, that kind of sounds like elephant. And you'd be right, except they're <laughs> way bigger. <laughs> and they're mean and scary. <laughs> yeah. And they have big, house, big sweet houses on them. And this is not the last time we'll see them. Um, so they, 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 they travel through the fields of Athelion, which is like still evil, but it, it's like nicer, kind of. It's like... Uh, well, the, oh, in front of the Black Gate, it's like described as like... It's like the worst hellscape yeah. known. There's like gas and ooze coming out of the ground, and it's just like dead and steaming. And yeah, but then they move to Ithilien, which is like nice and beautiful. But there's still Sam. Like <laughs> Sam's like, I'm gonna go get some water, and he like turns a corner, and there's like a ring of skulls on fire, and he's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> never mind that water. Uh... <laughs> This is also, I just have to take, I just have to mention this. This is the part where uh, Sam reveals that he's been carrying pots and pans with him to the gates of hell. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> They've Which just been eating good. their little crackers and he's like, we need a full meal. Yeah. He's and like, this is where he like, pots says, and potatoes. I know, he really I, says it. I cannot believe that was in the book. <laughs> Yeah, for for those who haven't read the book before, Sam actually does in response to Gollum, who says, "What are taters?" He says, "No, he taters? says what's taters?" No, no, yeah. he says, "Taters, a eh? what's taters?" And he replies, "Potatoes." <laughs> it's like po dash t a dash t o e s. Um, he doesn't say boil a mash up, stick them in a stew. I but know. I think, uh, you know, that's a that's a perfect addition. It should be in here. They. They so so they're walking and they they stumble upon a bunch of like guys and uh, from the all gillied up mission in Call of Duty Modern Warfare <laughs> and they're sneaking through at, because they're like Shh, we're hunting uh, uh we're hunting other men and they're wearing sweet 
green cloaks and they're fucking awesome and they're like yeah we're rangers of gondor and he's like oh shit rangers of gondor um they look like boromir looks yeah looked. yeah <laughs> 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 one of, yeah one of them uh he's like what's up guys my name is faramir uh boromir boromir is my my uh, older brother and they're like uh <laughs> <laughs> this whole i because this, this is not in the movie right yeah it is is it when they meet mm-hmm. faramir yeah. Oh, I haven't. Guess I haven't this seen it in a while. Might just be the. I, well, I. I cannot tell what is the extended editions and what's not. This is in the extended editions, at least. This whole oh, thing. This whole the whole thing where they go mm-hmm. to the place and with mm-hmm. really. Yeah. I must have thought I've been watching extended editions my whole <laughs> life and have not seen a second of it. There's extra where they go to Osgiliath in the movie that does not happen in the book. Uh, okay. At least in the two ta- in the two towers, they uh, Faramir ta- does not like let them leave the cave in the movie. He's like, "You're also coming with me to Osgiliath," and then that's when like the fell beast and Sam's like, "There is good in this world, Mister Frodo, and it's worth fighting for." Uh-huh. Um, none of that's in this book uh, because Faramir's like, "You can go." <laughs> well, in this whole part, I was was like, you know, new to me. So, like, yeah. character-wise, like, I was nervous for Sam Frodo. I'm like, wait, is he going to want the ring? What if he finds out? Oh, they can't tell him, like, hey, your brother's dead. <laughs> like, yeah, wait, how do you know this? And then the 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 tension of not knowing, I think, was very good in this section. Oh, my gosh, yes, it is really good. because And uh, so, th- so here, before Faramir and uh, Frodo and Sam have a discussion, they are waylaid by... Uh, men from the south and it's the first time that Frodo and Sam have seen men killing each other and there's a moment where oh, like I a, didn't put that together a, a, a dead guy stumbles from the a cliff or whatever like they're like hiding in like a little outcropping and then the guy like stumbles and he falls and Sam sees that like he looks different but he's probably like just some guy who got horribly tricked by the most evil man of all time because he mm-hmm. he, he saw like his friend his friend Boromir got tricked just the same mm-hmm. and like it could happen to anybody and he has this moment of he is a really touching moment and like this you can definitely feel like and Tolkien definitely saw like a dead German soldier and was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> yeah, because it literally he literally is like, you know, oh, what led him to be here? You know, mm-hmm. like how how what did he believe that might not have been true? Or yeah, hey, I wonder if he had a family. <laughs> it's so sad, and it's such a good dichotomy because Faramir and the other Rangers don't care at all about that. They're yeah. like, we kill we just like we kill the rest of them and they're like sort of sullen and feel awkward and this is like a re- another moment where it's where, where Tolkien is trying to make the hobbits you might think that like men like uh, like us the humankind are supposed mm-hmm. to be the men of this world but we're really supposed to be like the hobbits like yeah the hobbits is like this... the the ideal sort of yeah yeah you just try to be like as nice as you can and most of us don't really want to walk with a bunch of jewelry to the scariest place ever uh <laughs> and when we see people die hopefully we have this reaction of like oh my god that's terrible and, and horrible um it is and then uh yeah it's like a it's like a a negative symptom of the world that like the humans have become so like callous to yeah. death and everything yeah and 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 faramir mentions that like he doesn't like it like he there's a moment where he's like i don't like killing but 
I got, I got to do what I got to do. And where he's like, I have to. She talks about like I have to like protect the things that I believe in and that my family believes in or whatever. And in so many words, Faramir is essentially like Gondor is like a xenophobic nation now. Like we are not yeah. what we used to be. And well, it's and like all crazy. The countries, like even Rohan was <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yeah. Um, he's, he says like, we, we never really got along with the people from the South, but it wasn't like this. Like we weren't mm-hmm. like hunting each other and killing each other. Um, uh, but anyway, this is where, uh, uh, as part of this battle, Sam finally gets to see the Oliphant, and it uh, is, like, 18 times larger than an elephant. At least that's the way it's described. And it just, like, charges through, and it has, like, red eyes and a big house yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, they, the Oliphant leaves, and Faramir's like, all right, you guys gotta come with us. We gotta go, we gotta talk more about this. Oh, sorry, we should probably talk more about what they actually talk about here in the Glade. So mm-hmm. Faramir's like, why can't you just tell me why you're here? Which is like a totally fair, like, if you just see these two guys coming from the evil place. <laughs> well, like, and just be honest keeps, with me. And he keeps giving details, like, I knew your brother, and we came <laughs> what from do you mean, new? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, Gandalf? He's like, yeah, why do you do <laughs> This is also where we learn some badass names of Gandalf. Oh, um, don't Mithrandir. get me started on this. Calls <laughs> you didn't Mithrand- like this? Gandalf is Mithrandir. That's I badass. draw the line. No. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> Mithrandir. I don't his, think so. His his normal, his regular name, uh, like that, as he was first known as Olorin, which is what he was called when he came, when he first arrived in the on the Middle Earth. Why don't you think Mithrandir is cool? Myth. Hey, Myth, come over here. They weren't calling him that. <laughs> They're calling him deer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh yeah, Faramir's like, you know, if you're not going to, I'll just be honest with you. Gandalf showed up and he was like, I need to know a lot about a guy you know very little about. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> and so he learned all he could about Isildur and then left in like the most hurried, stressful state of all time. And Faramir is just like, I know it. I, I don't know where my brother is, which is a lie. Uh, <laughs> I don't, and I don't know what Isildur's bane is, and I know that there's like a poem that relates you two small little guys to everything. So just and you be just told me, me you came with seven people. <laughs> Doesn't he like figure it out? He's like, you know, Isildur's bane must have been some sort of weapon, and that must yeah. mean. And if you're all leaving and something happened, that means you must be carrying this weapon. He like figures it out. Yeah, he does. And then Frodo's like, and then oh, then he says like, just so you know. If you have it, I don't want it. I yeah, promise. Yeah, yeah he and says... And then is like, fine, fine, I have the one ring. No, no, no. Sam reveals accidentally oh, right. that he has the one ring. But, uh... And Frodo's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah. There's a moment here where, uh... He's trying not to... Like, Frodo does not know Boromir is dead. But That's right, sort and of I didn't operate... know that. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. He's sort of operating under the assumption that they're all dead. Because yeah. here's an important thing. In the book, Frodo sneaks away from from the group. In the movie, Aragorn lets him leave, and Merry and Pippin see him leave and let him leave and help him leave. Like, that is not how it happens in the book. Mm-hmm. So Frodo and Sam just seriously think, like, well, they're either all alive or... And then through this conversation, they find out Boromir's dead. And then they're like, they're all fucking dead. Like, it's yeah, just like, the two of Boromir us. If Boromir died, they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. 
and Vermeer's like, who do you think put him in the boat and sent him down? Like, why would strangers <laughs> do that? They're not dead. And Frodo and Sam are like, no, they're dead. <laughs> they must well, be Well, I dead. thought that was really cool because Faramir then talks about how he, like, heard the horn back, like, at home or wherever. Yeah, 11 then, like, days. Just, and then, like, one night he just, like, sees a boat going by itself. Yeah down the river and he like sees his brother and like it's dead and yeah it's it's pretty lie. sad i get pretty emotional about this because uh of the whole like the poem the, the this is why i think it's this moment that i think makes this Bormir's death song so important because it's literally oh. in one of the verses that's happening is that like it's the boat is going to deliver it's like aragorn's plan he's like we're gonna throw we're gonna put him in the boat and send him down the waterfall and he's still gonna get there because like he is a child of this place and will always end up there and the fact that it happens that's and that awesome. faramir sees it is just like oh my god and he has this moment where he like uh uh Faramir stares far off and he says something like he says something to the effect of like I I I have no he's like why why do I have to figure this all out now uh, and it's mm-hmm. so it's like damn, damn dude man yeah like he could Tolkien could write this like fantastic like this is this is like a perfect example of like fantastical thing driving like a beautiful character moment yeah you know like this did not have to be in the books but like it is and it just makes it better yeah it's it's awesome and then and then faramir talks about how his family is all salty that they're just stewards of gondor <laughs> oh, yeah. and not actual yeah. kings and they're like well, which how is long do we have to be stewards go good to be kings i think is such a cool like it's such an interesting like lore i like love that i don't know i just think that's so cool i never and so much of this of gondor. gondor stuff is like this is all new to me like it's sort oh, that, of oh, like nice. i sort of knew and i'm like oh that makes sense why then because I never really understood, like, when Aragorn comes back, like, why that's a big deal, right. or, like, why didn't he do this earlier, or why would these people just be like, okay, yeah, you're king now, so, like, it makes sense, like, oh, earlier when, what was it, like, when Isildur died, like, it was the Alaska. stewards took over? Um, when, uh, it's, it, no, it's King, uh, Illyr- Illyrian... He said, Faramir says it, King Illyrian mm-hmm. didn't have any children. And so, uh, uh, like, Isildur's line did, but they became, they were Dunedain, like, rangers of this area. So they would, like, patrol, they're like witchers. <laughs> like, they would just, like, yeah. patrol and, and kill monsters and stuff. And they're like, I don't want to be fucking king. But uh, when it's time to boss up, Aragorn's like, fuck it, I'll be the fucking king of the <laughs> coolest guys ever. Also, just, uh, listener, if you, if you don't know what Numenor is, and Danilo, if you don't, it's uh, Atlantis. <laughs> It's fantasy Atlantis. Well, that's what I it is. I watched the first two episodes of the new Lord of the Rings show, and that's all I got from it. Well, there and that you go. There's, there's an island, and it's on the way to where all the elves go. And I and wonder who that big old guy who met from? those hobbits are is. I wonder who that could be. Wait, what? Uh, the, what? Oh, the, that's right. Yeah. It was like a, just a, as a side note. <laughs> wait, like who did most... it, wait, who did it end up being? Was it Gandalf? Or was it Sarma? Yes. Okay, <laughs> it was Gandalf. Gandalf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because uh, well, people guess, were like, oh, it's Sauron. It's, you know, I never finished the show, so. the Do you want me to tell you who Sauron is? Yeah. Or are you going to watch it? It's that handsome stud that Galadriel finds in the ocean. Oh. Hildebrand or whatever. Because he's like, I want to stay here and learn a lot about jewelry. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? I think I've listened to a podcast where someone, like, called it. Like, oh, it's a suspicious guy with no. Uh... Yeah. 
story just comes out of the ocean the, it throws you off if you're a nerd because he in the book he's an elf like a beautiful elf and there mm. are very many beautiful elves in that show and so it's like i don't know um anyway so faramir's like i gotta take you to this uh sweet i gotta take you to my sweet minecraft base and so uh <laughs> they're like okay and you know maybe you can help me with this i really struggled to understand the description of how this <laughs> like place looked so it's like a it's waterfall a but it's right but it, is it in front of a waterfall or behind a waterfall i think it's oh, i think it's both because i think there's he's okay. like there's two entrances there's like the one you walk in yeah and then the other one is like behind the waterfall because they keep talking about it like hey don't try to escape by jumping up the waterfall because there's sharp rocks at the bottom oh right they uh true I don't know why it was so hard. I had to read it like eight times. I, I I always, I don't understand. Maybe it's because I'm so focused on like how cool, cool and badass this waterfall is, but mm-hmm. I have such a hard time picturing a lot of this stuff. Cause it's like in a my rainbow head. waterfall. Yeah. It's awesome. The chapter is literally named after the waterfall. <laughs> like how badass it looks. And it's called Henneth Anun, right? Yeah, it is. Not very good. Thank you. <laughs> I wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> So, so they uh, they get back to the base camp, and Faramir's like, all right, you guys can eat food and hang out, and uh, I still got some questions for you, though. Sam lets it slip that he's got the ring, and Frodo, like we said, he's like, what the fuck is your problem? And it cl- all clicks for Bor- for Faramir, and this is where he Faramir says his famously memed line, now is the chance for Faramir, son of Gondor, to show his, uh, oh, oh shit, to show his courage. But... I, there's a really lovely moment with Sam that ties that line together because F- Faramir like knowing the power of the ring and he like start you could it's like sort of there like he's like mm-hmm. oh maybe we really could do a lot of good with that um, and he's it almost looks like he's like gonna send yeah, everybody to there's like a couple of fake outs where like yeah. oh if he just wanted to take the ring he could have it right now yeah. And so he doesn't, obviously. And Sam has a moment where he goes, uh, he's like, you did it. And Framer's like, what? And he's like, well, you showed your, you proved your courage. Like, you didn't take it. Mm. I'm like, thank you. And he's like, oh, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> um, Doesn't he also say something like, hey, if, like, Boromir couldn't resist it, like, who do I think I am yeah. that I'd be able to? So I'm not going to touch that thing. Yeah. with Or, like, yeah. Now he he wasn't. He was sort of being still cagey about, like, what happened with Boromir, but now he's mm-hmm. sort of, he's got it. Like, Frodo had to run away because Boromir betrayed him, which is what happened, but it wasn't Boromir's and fault. This, this whole section, like, highlights something, like, with, in this part of the book specifically, about, like, how the power of the ring just, like, works so much better better and in like book form yeah because it's like this vague like almost like social pull corruption it's like atmospheric which like there's not really a way to no uh show that visually like in a movie like sometimes you can like when it's physical effects become real or like in like a poetic way but like the gradations of like what's possible for like this ring to do it feels more menacing in the book because like it could really be anything like is the ring going to be strong enough to make faramir go crazy and kill these two guys like it might right. you know and you also don't know like frodo is va- frodo threatens gollum with like he- frodo's like i'll just put on the ring and make you jump off a fucking cliff idiot and and you don't it's sort of like vague because 
as far as they know, that isn't how it works, but it could mm-hmm. very well be that is exactly how it works. Like, if somebody's under the spell of it like that, the wearer mm-hmm. could still control them. But they think that, like, only Sauron would be able to control it. Um, so we don't really know. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and In the and... same way, like, the, the vagueness of, like, the evil of Mordor and Sauron in the ring. Yeah. Where it's, like, it feels, like, I don't know, more vague, but also more specific and like less boring maybe than it would in the movies because it is this sort of like mental psychological thing it's like you have eat when you wear it you have evil charisma (laughs) like opposite (laughs) charisma like people are drawn to you but for like bad reasons and the only reason sauron like he's powerful enough to control it all but like Mm -hmm. normally like Faramir would just stab frodo like for faramir couldn't just stab sauron like right or it's like it's like having a headache, which like with your you know like you, when it's happening to you, you like know it's happening and it's yeah, like affecting yeah, everything good... around you. But like if someone took a picture of you, they'd have no way of knowing you have a headache. But when you have yeah. a really bad one, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Um, oh, we forgot. Um, <laughs> after this, Faramir's like, oh, by the way. I know that little creep is outside, and I'm gonna fucking kill him. And then, oh. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like Gollum has been following them the whole time, um, and he's found their secret, super secret dude hiding base. Well, this is the chapter uh, opens. This is like a new chapter. They like fall asleep. It wakes up. Frodo opens his eyes, and Faramir's like menacingly staring <laughs> over him. <laughs> yeah. And Frodo's like, "Jesus Christ, you're gonna take the ring from me!" And he's like, "No, Faramir's no, no." He's like, "No, I'm just making sure you're awake." I'm like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> Yeah, Gollum is eating fish in the pool, and, like, one of the rangers is like, I could kill him. I could just shoot him from here. And Faramir's like, all right, I'll give you one chance. If you go down there... Well, Faramir says, if you go down there and fail, I'm going to kill you both. <laughs> like, if you <laughs> Yeah, don't... this whole part is, like... I found it, like, weirdly, like, powerful, because it's the whole... Oh, yeah. This whole section is, like, you know, the humanity of... Gollum slash Smeagol and like yes, is it, is. it is salvation possible is it not like because when they first run into him Frodo's like gonna kill him because like yeah this is a fucking evil creep but then he remembers like Gandalf's the words his hand yep and he's Ugh. like I don't I don't know the future I don't know if these if he deserves to die so like I'm not gonna kill him and Sam's like you you're a doofus he's gonna choke you and so this whole part is, like, them figuring out, like, it's just asking the questions of, like, when is a person beyond saving, you know? Yeah. And so, and then Frodo takes, in this section, Frodo, like, takes responsibility for Gollum to be like, hey, I don't want them to kill you because I feel bad for you. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to help you, you know? I just thought it was great because, like, in the movie, boring and I did not like it. But, like, in the book, like, oh, this is how, like, oh, this is what the story's about. It's not a... Yeah. It's not about Oliphant people having a no. battle. It's about, like, do yeah, you they, see do you see the humanity in this, like, wayward creature? There's a moment, um, I guess we could talk about it now, right before um, the, the climax of the chapter, right before they wake up and have to go into Shelob's lair... Gollum is like standing or sitting over them both 
and the narratorial and he's like has his like hand just like sort of on Frodo's hand and the mm-hmm. narratorial voice describes it as like a far off viewer would just see like another hobbit comforting two other mm. hobbits and it's like oh my god <laughs> it's so sad because that's what he was he was uh, a well, fucking and, and this is and it's like plays the book plays off of like that whereas like in the movie it's like oh this guy is just a piece of shit you know it's like why would i care about watching this guy be a piece of shit to two characters i like you don't know who's gonna win is it gonna be slinker or stinker in the in the words of samwise (laughs) (laughs) yeah sam has these goofy nicknames for he does uh for (laughs) is it smeagol is Slinker, Slinker and yes. Gollum is Stinker. Like but Slinker evil. is still not good. Like, I, know, I don't understand. Right? <laughs> I don't get it, but whatever. Sam I needs think... to entertain himself somehow. There's a really good... I think it's funny. If, like Reading it, you're like, God, Sam is just useless. Like I think a lot of that is on purpose, is is for you, the reader, to be like... He's just trying to like make jokes. And the first time he does try to fight something, like Gollum starts whooping his ass. And then Frodo mm-hmm. has to step in and save him. So when Sam the end of this chapter happens, you're like, oh my, Samwise mm-hmm. Gamgee is the greatest of all time. He's the greatest to ever do it. I also love uh, Faramir, like, keeps calling Gollum their gangrel companion. <laughs> yeah. And I think we need to, you know, bring that back and start calling That's what I call more my people cat. my gangrel companion. <laughs> come, my gangrel companion. Uh, Fro- Frodo is like, uh, you just gotta come with me, Gollum, up this hill, and it's gonna be fine. And then, like, they're all the rangers jump out, and they're like, gotcha! And then they grab mm-hmm. Gollum, and Frodo feels really bad, but part of the deal was that he couldn't just go down there and be like hey they're gonna kill you if you don't come with me uh he he had to prove uh frodo had to prove to faramir that Gollum was actually willing to like follow frodo of his own accord Um, right which he does and then immediately gets captured but then he gets released and he's like tensions are high again Mm -hmm. um but they're gonna leave and they're gonna go they're gonna keep going to kirathon goal and maybe everything will be fine and faramir says uh don't fucking drink the water do not drink the water that flows out you can drink the water that flows in but don't drink the water that flows mm-hmm. out and they say whatever and then they walk outside <laughs> and see the biggest scariest city of all time <laughs> yeah this was chilling <laughs> yeah. it yeah, doesn't do you want to talk come about minis morgul i would love to talk about minis yeah. morgul so all the lore around this is new to me i did oh, not awesome. know like in in movie brain, it's like, oh, this is just the evil place. Yeah. But there's the whole background of, like, this was a city of Gondor, and it was, like, the twin city of Minas Tirith, right? It used to be called Minas yep. Ethil. Yep. And Minas Tirith was, like, Tower of the Sun, right? And Minas Ethil so, yeah. was or it might be Tower of the Moon or something. It might be, I think it might be reversed, but I don't remember. But anyway, but now it's not Minas Ethel anymore. It's now Minas Morgul. And it's it like is... if you named... If, like if, a, if a guy took over New York City and named it Evil New York City. <laughs> <laughs> New York Evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> evil New York City. <laughs> no! <laughs> New Evil City! <laughs> New, New Evil City. <laughs> <laughs> but the subways are better so I don't know it's a little trade off ah! <laughs> I just want I wanted to read because they like oh please this is, yeah this is um, 
again in the don't stare too long at evil stuff uh theme is they just like stare at the city and like they all like lose all hope to live immediately let's see if i can find it oh yeah this is for all the tolkien prose haters you know who think you can't write specific evocative fantasy yep and still not be have good prose all right I'm going to read about Minas, Minas Morgul. A long tilted valley, a deep gulf of shadow, ran back far into the mountains. Upon the further side, some way within the valley's arms, high on a rocky seat, upon the black knees of the Efelduath, stood the walls and tower of Minas Morgul. All was dark about it, earth and sky, but it was lit with light. Not the imprisoned moonlight welling through the marble walls of Minas Ithil long ago, tower of the moon, fair and radiant in the hollow of the hills. Paler indeed than the moon ailing in some slow eclipse was the light of it now, wavering and blowing like a noisome exhalation of decay, a corpse light, a light that illuminated nothing." It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. I love that. A light that illuminated nothing. Do you know, so they, uh, uh, Minas Morgul fall, falls, or Minas Ithil falls because of the Nazgul. They're like, we're going to take, this is going to be our cool hangout zone now. Just a cool lore thing <clears throat> I want to point out about the Nazgul is that, like, there is no, there, they do not have, like, na- names. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. they are just the nine, like, in no no nothing are they actually like named that the silmarillion is there's not like a chapter about like one of them it's like no it is all that is known about them is what happened after which i think is a really cool like if you are a good guy and then you become a terrible monster nobody's gonna remember the good stuff that you did (laughs) so it's like maybe it's just like a i don't know it's just something it's a big obvious thing that i think is is a message of being like just try to be a nice guy because uh don't try to make new evil city because it'll end poorly (laughs) but i will tell you this menace morgul being able to fire awesome evil magic into the sky is sweet <laughs> that is badass because aren't they like sitting they're like evil screams they're yeah. like <laughs> yeah. it just like it like does like a like a you know like one of those bombs from uh star wars like those like oh, those bombs like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah those sonic it's like bombs that, or whatever. but it's an evil scream across the whole <laughs> yeah. land and everything gets so scared it can't move for 20 minutes it's so cool, and the doors open. Like the Na- the Nazgul are out. They're like, we're gonna find the fucking. We'll do it ourselves. If you're not gonna find the ring, and then the and a whole evil army yeah. walks out. Right? They're like yes. in like jet black armor, and Being they march led out by the Witch King of who is, Angmar. Who is the so he's called the King of the the King of Minas Morgul or the King of the yeah. Nazgul? Like, is he yeah. one of the Nazgul? Yeah, he's the okay. one that. Uh, well. Maybe we won't talk about it. I won't spoil it. But yeah, he's the one who stabbed Frodo. Right. Yes, I remember. He like because then Frodo sees him and his like wound like twitches or gets more cold again. Yeah, which is a good reminder. <laughs> they talk like he's gonna. I feel like him getting stabbed by the Morgul blade should be coming up more often the closer he is. But it mm-hmm. doesn't. But I think I. It's sort of cool that it's just like it's like if I punched you, and every time you saw me, you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> ow. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Witch King is so unbelievably evil. He's awesome, man. He's so I, he's so well, scary. I want to cool. bring up like the just like the evilness of Mordor again because it mm-hmm. felt 
this may be weird to say. I feel like we've circled around where like just having it be so evil is like almost refreshing because you know like we've sort of grown <laughs> up in like the oh you know it's more complicated it's not black and yeah. white and like sort of this good versus evil fight has been like sort of done a bunch of times and then like cartoonized where yeah. like I know I've read or seen things where like it's supposed to be a pure absolute evil but it's like kind of cartoony or kind of like D&D where it's like yeah. ah you know they're evil but if you punch them enough times they have their hit points will go down to zero you know right like it's that whereas like the just the pure oppressive evil of Mordor is like that just like really hit me. I don't know, in a different yeah. way. Like more than the movies, more than like other media where it's like it's just evil, man. It's yeah. like just yeah. really evil. <laughs> All because of the guy who lives there. I like there's a moment even in here where it almost feels like Tolkien is trying to humanize orcs. It happens right at the very end where the two orcs are walking down the hallway and they're like, so what are you going to do when all this is over? And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) Um, So I think it's if if we take, for instance, and I think, you know, people have have talked about this before. And I think there's certainly a, a lot of merit to it of like saying like all orcs are evil is like Mm -hmm. can make can make one uncomfortable or can lead one down to like oh so there are can like you can use that escapist fantasy to justify a lot of things you could say like all whatever of a group of people are evil um and it gets reinforced in media when all the orcs and stuff are presented as only evil this is something that is sort of not like D &D, all orcs are no longer evil you can play as an orc now um D &D still has a lot of other problems but you can play as an orc now um (laughs) Baby steps. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that, like, if we take... If we forget about the the implications of, like, the race of orcs and how that could be transcribed um, into other media or into our real world, and just think of, like, the message of, like, there's the evil guys and there's the good guys, and trapped between are men, not, like, human right. beings, who are being manipulated by both sides because the Gondor... Like, Denethor is not a good... He's not a good guy at all. And we'll see. He's fucking... He's crazy. And mm-hmm. and uh, he treats Faramir like shit. And he treats... Like, he's sending just his soldiers against the Mordor. And they just keep dying. And Aragorn and, like, Gandalf and company, those are, like, the absolute good versus the absolute evil. And mm-hmm. the same thing. Sauron has tricked the 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 the, the wild men and mm-hmm. the Herodrim into thinking that, like, they're going to be, like, kings and have all this wealth and, like... We don't know what the situation is like. Maybe they're terribly poor and they need the money. And Sauron is like, these men didn't offer them any money. And Sauron's like, oh, I'll give you money if you yeah, just do well, this thing. It's like, like the the evilness of Sauron is never like brought into question. Like he just is evil, and yeah. like it's like he can't help his it. <laughs> dark. Yeah, he can't help it. It's uh, uh, is he born with it or is it is just it? evil? <laughs> but like. Yeah, it's like his influence is like gradated based on yeah, yeah. like the choices people make, you know, because like even the orcs are like, you know, I'm just trying to do what my boss tells me to I do. Know. And like, <laughs> I don't really want to fight these horse guys. And then like the scarier people, like, if you don't fight these horse guys, we're going to fucking kill you. I was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's definitely, it's like, it's weirdly, it feels more black and white than 
I think a lot of things. Um, but also I think it is more gray area than maybe people give it credit for. Oh, because then absolutely. you think about like like the Nazgul and like the the kings, like they like the rings as a way of like, oh, they chose that. You they know, did. they like chose the influence. So yeah, I don't know. It's like a good it's like a good metaphor to explore these ideas that he's trying to do of like, hey, salvation versus when it's too late with like Smeagol and Gollum and like the corrupting influence of things and yeah. Yeah, isn't that weird how the world building can be an important part of characters and it's not just a bunch of bullshit? And the theme. Isn't that weird? And... Yeah. You know what's funny? This book, this is only fair, because I, I wonder if somebody would call us out on this. This book also has long parts where people just explain lore. But guess mm-hmm. what? It is all, like, everything Faramir says about Gondor, the lore we learn, informs who Faramir is as a person. He's not just sharing it because it's, like, what... A, he's not. It's not as if Faramir is like, oh, and let me tell you about this guy from Rohan who you've never heard about. It's like, mm-hmm. no. He just talks specifically about his his deal and how it informs, like, who he is as a person. He was living yeah. in his younger brother's shadow. He's, like, trying to do a good for a nation that is clearly falling and is, like, doomed to die in what he thinks is, like, three weeks. Not even, like, 10 years from now and so Mm -hmm. he's just like trying his best and the same thing every time people are explaining lore like that is why they're doing it it's not just because it's cool and it get the added bonus is it is cool like it is interesting to learn about well and tolkien was smart enough to put all the he like keeps like it's all like relevant more or less and he's smart enough he put all the irrelevant bullshit in the (laughs) snowmobilian yes exactly (laughs) which we're gonna read later he put it in a different he put it in a different book not at the beginning of every chapter there is some stuff about he does, samwise gamji does say oh the silmarils he says something about it <laughs> yeah. later about the light the file of light that uh galadriel gave him um well that's when they're all talking about like their own place in like the story of yeah. the, this they'll be told which you oh. know what i was not expecting that whole thing i'm yeah. like this is in this book what the <laughs> hell i'm just like con- like every chapter i'm like this is so much more like subtle and thought out and well written than anyone I've ever heard give it credit for. Like, yeah, it's I awesome. know. Isn't that isn't? But isn't it like frustrating when people are like, "Oh, Lord of the Rings, that's like baby's first fantasy," and it's like, "Are you right. five years old?" <laughs> like, no, it isn't. There's it's crazy really shit not. going on in there. So yeah, I mean, they they go to the hidden path in the mountains. This is when they have that conversation where where Frodo's like, "Fuck, man." I, this is crazy. Like, there's there's moments I love. They're so real, where they just, like, sit down and pretty much bury their heads in their hands. And it's like, this is fucked up. We're not even, like, come back. Like, there's no way we're coming back. Like, we barely made it here. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and then every day they're like, well, we'll probably be dead tomorrow. Yeah. And they're like, we're running out of food. We do not have enough food to go back. Because they don't know. Like, they obviously we know. I mean, I guess we wouldn't know if we had just read it. But if if these books and movies weren't out yet. But, like, there's going to be a big, huge battle with everybody's friends. Pretty much right next door to where they're dropping off the ring. So friends will be close. But they fucking think every... They think Aragorn is dead. They think Gandalf is dead. They think like yeah, they don't everyone. Know he came back. It's just them. He says, "I'm trying to find that bit about the story." Oh, there's also a no. moment. I just there's a a moment where uh, Frodo laughs. 
like yes. actually oh. laughs. And it's like, it was the first time ever that that sound was ever heard in that land. Like, yeah. at, like an actual honest laugh. And it's just like, mo- man, it, that's so beautiful. It's so good. Well, yeah, again, this was after they were talking about, like, you know, we like these stories, but, like, do you think the people in these stories, like, know they're in a story? And, like, they never know where they're headed, you know? And just because, like, shouldn't. they might... And they shouldn't, you know, and if they die, like, we think that's a good story, but, like, they're not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I don't want to end the story to be that we die, but if we do, maybe it'll be a good story. He says, uh, uh... The, the meta stuff was just, I'm like, I can't believe yeah. they're talking about, like, myths and stories in this book. It's good. And then I like there's a moment where he says, uh, so was I, said Frodo, and so I am. We're going on a bit too fast. You and I, Sam, are still stuck in the worst places of the story. And it is all too likely that some will say at this point, shut the book down, Dad. We don't want to read anymore. It's like, it's like, that's like, oh, man, that's so cool, man. And it's I would not, I would not have in a million years expected that that would be in this book. <laughs> it's awesome. Because then he's, uh, like, saying stuff about stories and myth and people in stories. And that's what all these are about. Like, oh, the and in the songs. And, like, like it all, like, I don't It's just good. I don't know. It is good. It is good. It's Thank just good. You. Like, I don't know yeah. what else to say. It's not like that. Remember, we're back... Back when we were reading Mistborn, and like Ugh. in the last one, there was the one there was that one guy who's mm-hmm. like, I like stories more than I like the real world because the real world's not so nice sometimes. Yep. It's like a six-year-old's like analysis yeah. of why we like stories. It's not as if like, no, you are in a story, and like somebody will it, somebody might tell it one day, and like it might suck now, but you are, whether you know it or not, writing your legacy. So just try to do the best that you can in any given situation. It's like such a... Man, I... And you're like, we don't know how it's going to end, and we don't want the people who we're yeah. telling a story about to know where it's going to go. They're cooked. These last few, the stairs to uh, Kirith Ungol, Shelob's Lair, and the choices of Master Samwise are three of the best, like, back-to-back chapters of, I think, any book I've ever read. Um... Well, and this is so, this is what I was saying where, like, I wasn't expecting to be, like, I was expecting it to be, like, the movie where, like, okay, it's going to be 200 pages and they're all going to kind of be crabby at each other uh, and then the book's going to end. But No, man, no. they're not crabby. They love each other. No. They love each other so much. It's so wonderful. But they meet, they they wake up and they're like, well, we got it. Colm's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. You've got to go through this really long, dark, scary cave to get to where you want to go. It's pitch black and really stinky. Yeah, it's really smelly. And they go in there and <laughs> Sam is like, what's this big, squishy wall? He's <laughs> like, what is, <laughs> what is this? And then they take out, they have the light, the file of light yep. that uh, um, they um, lose Gladiel Gollum, gave them. And they're like, oh, oh right. Shit. Yeah, they... Yeah. We're behind, but little, little do we know we did not lose Gollum. Is Gollum lost? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he has the the file of light. He can they can finally use it to see in dark. Use it to see in dark places, which is literally what she told them it's used for. Uh, well, and then they, every time they hold it and hold it aloft, like they compulsively start speaking elvish which is always mm-hmm. they're like <laughs> yeah and it like makes it like light up even more uh-huh. uh, which is very cool 
But they find, uh, they're like, what are these webs? And then they pretty much turn around and see the biggest, scariest spider of all time. <laughs> and yes, now here, here we meet the fourth woman in these books, Sheila. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fourth and final, I might add. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, she's a big, scary now, spider. Now, does this pass the Bechdel test where Gladriel has a conversation about not a man with Sheila? Does that happen later? Uh, no, but I was going to think, if you think, is Gollum a man? Because Gollum and Shelob talk to each other. <laughs> I mean, Gollum's a hobbit. That's not the same as a woman. Well, but we don't know. I guess we I guess we do know that Gollum is, he probably, ha- unfortunately, has a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I wish we saw it. Man, come on, Peter Jackson. Fuck, <laughs> oh, just give the people what they want. Did you know, I, I just have a fun thing to share with you. In a, <laughs> There's a Lord of the Rings video game. Uh, there's two, and, and they're both very good. One's called Shadow of War, and one called Shadow of Mordor. And in Shadow of War, Shelob's in it, but they were like, we can't just have it be a big spider, so they magically give her the ability to look like the sexiest woman ever. <laughs> like, she just, like, <laughs> is, like, wearing flowing, revealing clothes, and it's like, okay, And sure. how is that different from uh, Dark Souls? <laughs> That's true, uh, but, uh, but she's an illusion. Actually, they both are illusions. Oh no, my no, no, lord! No, I'm talking about. Oh wait, is is a uh, sp- topless spider lady? She's not an illusion. Oh no, 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 no! I thought you meant uh, uh, the woman at the top of Anne Orlando, where right, if you right. shoot her, she disappears. No, 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 no! You're right. That is sort of what's going on. Well, and then the Nazgul are kind of like the four kings. But anyway, we can. No, no, no! We can't go down this road. So Frodo, it's sort of vague what happens at first, and then and then we learn later what happens so they're they're using the light to see and they're trying to run mm-hmm. they like Gollum see is... well so there's a so they like see that there's like a orc watchtower nearby yes. right before they enter the tunnel they see yep. a big orc watchtower and they're like Gollum, you said it was going to be easy to go through here and to Gollum's credit he says no i did not <laughs> all i said was it wasn't going to be as hard as the black gate this we'll is the, to fewest get past the amount tower. of people at an entrance <laughs> yes and he he never really lied because even the orcs have to use Shelob's tunnel to get back and forth. So and they don't like it. <laughs> no, no, they hate it. Imagine you signed up for a job at like a grocery store, <laughs> and you had to go back. Like, hey, could you go like restock the bread? Shit. You had to like walk through a like a stinky pitch black tunnel with a giant spider that might kill you. And then you have to walk back. <laughs> and sometimes they're like, God, where's Mark? He's supposed to be cashiering today. And he's like, oh, Mark's been hanging upside down a spider's web in the bread aisle for six we, months. It was, she, she needed something to eat and we had to give her someone. So we gave her Mark. <laughs> Frodo tries to book it. Um, and Sam loses Frodo. What happened is that Shelob, like in the dark, like got, he got, she got him. She like stabbed mm-hmm. Frodo and made him poisoned and he fall, he fell over. No, I don't know if it was in the dark. Oh, does I that happen? Like, Did I miss I th- that? I think it like they like sort of get out of the tunnel and then they like see it, and that's when Frodo starts running, and then Shelob like jumps and oh, catches gets him. him. So I think it happens out in the open. Oh, okay, okay. So Shelob gets him. Not that it matters then, that much, but that's why I imagine Sam... it anyway. Well, no, because it fuel. If it, it is important, because it fuels. Yeah, because he, he sees, sees it happening. He sees Sam sees Shelob attack Frodo. Right. And Frodo's, like, lying still on the ground, and Sam grabs, he walks over, and he's like, oh, shit. And he grabs the sword, and he grabs the vial from Frodo, and 
uh, almost kills like one of the most powerful <laughs> beings in Middle Earth, and it's it's described as like he's like there's, you know, when you have a small creature that's trapped in a corner with nothing else to lose, and you've taken the thing from it that you valued most, like the crazy shit can happen. Yeah, so he like Shelob like starts to like wrap up Frodo in her web and he runs over and like chops off her hand and he shoves his sword upward which um well, when i read it and if i imagine like he like goes he like chops off a hand and like chop like stabs an eye and then she starts like blah and he like gets under her and like tries to stab but there but then the narration says like oh this has been like you know century upon century of like hard growth that no man or orc could break through but then Shelob decides to like slam down on Sam yeah. and that's the force that like puts that, the sword right. through her I sent you an image on discord um, of this that is like one of my favorite art things of the Lord of the Rings oh yeah yeah so Sam using Sting to stab uh, Shelob, who after after she slams down on it, she starts bleeding crazy heavily and, like, fucks off. She goes back to a dark, scary area of the cave. A scaria, mm-hmm. if you will, of the cave. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 um... Sam doesn't know if she's dead, and the narrator does not let us know if she ever, like, comes back. He's like... That's not part of the story, which is a scary yeah. thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and and Sam, oh man, dude, Sam thinks Frodo's dead. Yes, Sam. And thinks... this was very hard to read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I this I cried at this part, and I will freely admit that I teared up, tears welled in my eyes because, like, here's the thing: in the movies, this happens at the beginning of the third movie. Yes, and so you know. That, like, they're not dead. Frodo's not dead. <laughs> this is the beginning of a three-hour movie. But you're reading the book, and even I, like, just, like, it it gets you where it's like, oh, shit. It's the end of the book. <laughs> Frodo's dead. And Sam, like, he's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, I, I have to carry the ring? Okay. And he, like, yeah. picks, he puts it on. He starts walking. <laughs> yeah. And well, I was a- like... I just threw my mouth open. I'm like, Sam's going to carry the ring to Mordor? Like, it could have really... That could have been the book. And it's like... It gets you because it's the end of the book. Like, there's like four pages left. And you're like, that's the next book. I guess Frodo's dead. Jesus. Sam... Well, there's a moment where Sam is like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And he, like, looks at the cliff. And he's like, "I, I could just do that. Like, I could just jump off the cliff. And he's like, no, no, that wouldn't do for both of us to be dead. But Sam says something very important. Sam's plan is he's going to go drop off the ring in the, and then come back and then kill himself to be next to Frodo. That is Bro, Sam's plan. I miss plan. that. He says, he says I, I will go there and I'll come back and, we'll be, and we will be together again. That's what he says. And it uh-huh. sounds like, like yeah. he's not going to carry uh-huh. his body all the way back. <laughs> like, that is what's going to happen. But oh. Sam... And it's like such a beautiful moment, and Sam makes his choice. And when he puts on the ring, he can it feels like a stone, like like just uh dragged him to the earth. But then he just like he bosses up, he stands up, and he turns his ass around, and he starts walking to Mordor. And then uh, he puts on the ring when he hears orcs arriving. He puts the ring on, 
and he disappears. And the and orcs... it's described exactly like the movie. It's like misty and gray, and I'm like, I know, it's fucking so nailed good. it. Yeah, they really did nail it. Uh, I just he... can't imagine reading this without. Like, I just want to read this and not having not having seen the movies. Like, I just can't yeah. imagine what that experience would be like. That seems awesome. From... I like the the idea of picturing the landscape just based on the books I really like, but I can't imagine a world in which I don't see these actors being these characters. <laughs> right. Because a lot right. of the art for the Hobbits, I'm like, why are they so ugly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the picture you just sent me, like they look like, he looks like a seaweed man. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks fucked up. Um, Sam... The orcs come and they're like, oh, they literally are like, whoa, what the fuck is that? Who's that? They run over, they run over and they pick up Frodo's body and they're like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And then they start, they like are walking in the cave to the gate to the watchtower. And Sam, Sam is like, oh no, you don't. Well, and they're slowly figuring out like, oh yeah, Shelob left a thing. And they're like, wait, why would she have left a thing? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, is this like her blood? Oh, oh, there's something around here, isn't there? Oh, fuck. (laughs) They think it's a big elf warrior with, and I quote, a big sword. <laughs> yeah, or or an axe. Yeah, or an axe. And uh, and and Sam starts following them in the dark as they're carrying Frodo to the to the to the um gate of the watchtower. And the orcs mm-hmm. are like, this guy's not dead, right? And they're like, fuck no, he's not dead. <laughs> Sam's like, oh my god <laughs> it's like relief and also like incredible worry flood through sam yeah and he's like sprinting down this cave and he doesn't reach them in time because there's like a big stone like false door yeah uh, and they ran into it before and then like did. went the yeah. other way but then he like shone the light around it's like oh it doesn't go all the way to the ceiling i'll just climb over right, it yeah, i'll just so climb over it, it. <laughs> And there's this funny little moment where Sam hears the orcs. He's still wearing the ring, and Sam hears mm-hmm. the orcs right around the corner, and he says, like, some badass line, and he turns the corner, and they're really far down the hall because they're, like, <laughs> voices carried down the thing, and he's, like, sprinting after them, and he gets to the... The door shuts right in his face as soon as he gets there. So so Sam thinks... Well, for a brief moment, Sam, for all intents and purposes is the only one left alive of the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, to, yeah. to imagine that burden and still mm-hmm. making the decision to, like, I'm going to 1v1 Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Samwise Gamgee, he's a gardener. <laughs> he's like, I gotta get my dirt back home. He does. He's gotta get that jar of dirt. You know, in the movie, I just uh, watched uh, the Fellowship of the Ring extended edition. Um, mm-hmm. Galadriel gives him rope as the gift. Sam ah. didn't just steal rope, <laughs> which, <laughs> which we didn't talk about. But Sam has like beautiful, imp- impervious, easily untieable uh, elven rope uh-huh. um, that he's like, they're putting in our boats, and I fucking took some. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> in the movie, that's his gift from Gladriel. It's not a jar of dirt, which I agree with the change because I don't think in the movie you'd be like, what? <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, the stakes are high. And that's you where know? it ends. That's where it ends. Pippin, Pippin, and Gandalf are riding to uh, Minas Tirith, and Frodo has been taken by the enemy, and Sam is going to try to f- save Get him. Get him back, yeah. Damn, this That's is good the two stuff. towers. It's good stuff. And what? What is? Oh wait, so then like Aragorn and company. What do we know? What their plan is, or is there just they're going to go to Minas Tirith too? It was just oh, okay. that uh, 
they were going to go first. Like, because he has the fastest horse ever. Not everyone can sit on Shadow right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the that's the two towers. We're 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 a third of the way. We're two thirds of the way done with the Lord of the Rings. Danilo, which book did you enjoy more so far, Fellowship of the Ring or the Two Towers? You know, halfway through, I would have before we read this last section, I would have said Fellowship of the Ring, but I think after this section, it's Two Towers. Yeah, by a by like a hair. Yeah, by not not by much. No, I really like Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Just a cool. This is just a lore thing. I don't know if anybody cares, but the reason that the uh, Rohirrim look like Vikings is because that's literally what they were. It just so happened that they went so far south. Gondor was like, "How about you know, horses become your new thing?" And they're like, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> which is very cool. That's why they all like have are described as having like the long blonde hair and like the Nordic oh. features is because they are from the north, whatever that is. And now they've settled in the west. Southwest, well, and that I suppose. has uh, real life parallels because, like, true because like Vikings, the Vikings, like <laughs> raided all the way through like Ukraine, and that's why like Ukrainians have blonde hair and blue eyes is because of all the Vikings. Yeah. So Mac, as a whole, two towers. What would you rate? Oh man, negative ten misborns. <laughs> Negative ten? That's a yeah. big. That's the highest rating we've had so far. I think that's I was just gonna high... say negative one, Miss Borns. Oh, I don't think there's any. I'm biased. This is like my favorite thing ever. But I don't. Uh, I can't draw. I guess one could make the argument that there's like a lot of descriptions of nature that maybe don't have to be there. But that's part of it. I like that. You know, I don't mind that at all. No, but there's literally no descriptions of nature environment in. Mistborn, except that the true. ash falls, and it really yeah. like no one. You never know where you are. You know exactly where you are in yeah, this. Like and you know that the the dead marshes feel very different from like Ethelian or whatever. Mm-hmm. I also like whenever Tolkien describes a a creek or a babbling brook. I'm always like, ooh, like I don't know why, <laughs> but some some something about the way he describes the sound. Well, and it's just like also the tiny parts of the landscape like they're like oh we had to go across this ravine and like this is sort of what it looked like and there was like higher here and like this creek went there and so we had to step over it this way like yeah but it, it and it doesn't get in the way too much like it's not like okay come on here we go but it's just it's good it's just good Danilo, if I can call my shot, I think Return of the King is going to be your favorite. Oh, really? Um, because right. I'm very excited to read the end of Return of the King, uh, which is all brand new stuff. Um, because it's not Oh, shit. At all. The, it's like great. The, like the end of the story or like all the appendices, which is like No, no, the end of the story. None oh, of it is shit. in the movie. Um, and there's like many, like I saw a video essay that was like, it was a, like a photo of art of the the scouring of the Shire, and it said, "This is way worse, like than mortal." <laughs> like, and I, th- <laughs> and we can talk about like the themes and why I think that is when we get to it. But uh, yeah, that's that's the two towers. The next time uh, we'll meet, um, I still have to figure out exactly where we're gonna stop because Return of the King, reader, if you have it on your bookshelf. It looks like the biggest one, but it's not because a ton of the back is uh, lore that you don't really have to read, but is fun. And we're going to read it and talk about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had one other thing that I thought was funny that I wanted to share. Oh, I, oh, 
it was not funny. I just like there's a couple moments where they do mention the Silmarils, and there's a moment where they describe the the two trees of uh of the uh elf uh, kingdom or whatever. That it's like I really like describe it's like the thing Danilo that we've talked about it's like can you say champagne in a fantasy novel yeah it's like they Tolkien is describing things as being like things from this world the Mm -hmm. Hobbit would describe things as things from our world where it's like it looks Mm. like it it like the like the goblin thing it's like Mm. they're known for all the things that give us trouble today like obviously he's talking (laughs) about like guns and stuff right (laughs) But in this, well, it's I like, was no, talking about you know, like windmills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this book is like all oh, Sam's like. Oh, this reminds me of that elf story about the like. There's just something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't yeah. know. It's just it just is really or nice like, to this. The, oh wait, Oliphant's like the kids' poem. It's like right, yes, like, exactly. Like you're like, Yankee Doodle. That's the guy. That's exactly, Yankee Doodle. Right. That's exactly, exactly. Guys, I met Yankee Doodle. <laughs> and he's like, nobody back home is gonna fucking believe I met Yankee Doodle. He was the most handsome man I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you? And like, oh, let me tell you, uh, he had a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. You're like, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. There's just something about never. There's never a moment in any of these books that feels like anachronistic or that it's pulling you out of the story. And, mm-hmm. and I think it really, it, it really lays firmly in the camp of this. These books are a great argument for why maybe planning everything out is a good idea. I think Mistborn, it's a bad idea. And I think in this, it proves that no, you can actually do it and it can be good, but you can't well, be too far up your own ass. Yeah. It's the reason. Well, and like, he's not so far up his own ass to where he'll write like the, oh, we have to, like, have this humanizing moment with Smeagol because that's something I'm trying to say. Or, like, Sam seeing the guy get shot being like, I wonder if he had a family. Like, that's that's all there. They're not talking for ten pages about, you know, where the Bullshit. fourth Silmaril is or something. Right, there's no... And there's no part... There's no, like, less... It, there's no part where they like talk about the ring and are like, well, how does it work? Well, I think it might work like this. <laughs> it's like it, it doesn't because it doesn't matter. It because does, it's no, a it metaphor. only matters. Yeah, it only <laughs> matters in like what it says about. And that's I don't know if we I said this last time, but like the whole like it's Sauron's just evil. Like there's nothing more interesting or subtle about right. like no. Oh, he's just this is just like an evil force that wants to take over the world because it's bad. And like, yeah, if we were in Sauron's head, it'd probably be really boring, you know, because he's just like, blah, I'm evil. But the whole point of him being evil is so that we can see all these characters like be good and brave and like do inspiring things. Like that's the point of Sauron is so that they can do that. It's not like, you know, I don't know. That's all I he's the perfect antagonist because it yeah. like brings out the because he, he's not in the book like he's not there but he's also yeah and on every cares? page it doesn't matter it only matters <laughs> yeah. so that everyone else can like be heroes and you yeah, can read about talk it about how stereotypical this is but there's no like it's not as if it, it, it there's no it there's no darth vader <laughs> right you know what i mean like He's well, not the closest there, you like... get is Saruman, but that's only interesting because he was good and corrupted by Sauron, and you sort of get to see the effects. And like Gandalf gave him a second chance, and he didn't take it. And then like, yeah. hey, this is about like 
you know, choices we have when confronted with like, do we do good things or bad things with our lives? You know? Yeah, it's good. People don't give these books. I think these, I, I, when people think of these books, they think of the movies and I think the movies are great, but there's a lot more and better stuff in the books than there are in the mm-hmm. movies. And people just don't, people don't get past the birthday party stuff. Like seriously, people don't <laughs> get past that stuff when they start reading the books. It's just so much less cliched and yeah, definitely. stereotypical than I think it, than how, than how people talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. It's fucking incredible. Well, uh, our mongrel companion, no, not mongrel companions. No, gangrel. Gang- <laughs> gang- what, what gangrel. Was it? Yeah, gangrel companions. Well, all you gangrel companions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you next time on Hardcover Hooligans. Stay hard, everyone. Stay hard, baby. Thank you.